0: Hello, and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. As promised, I bring you the continuation of our interview with Pastor Virendra Aura, presenter of the Maker Hills ministry or seminar, and he's also a founding member of BIVA, Bangkok International Vegetarian Alliance. As you highlight your journey thus far, recently I was introduced to a unique definition of faith which says fantastic adventures in trusting him. Amen. You spoke about not having any money. The Bible says to us in Luke chapter 9, verse 3, and this is from the King James Version. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. This was Jesus' words to his disciples as he sent them out to do ministry and in case what I said sounded strange, if I should go to the new international version, he told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. So when we trust God, he indeed delivers. Speaking of trusting God, you know, sometimes I've encountered persons who say it is too hard, you know, it's easier to trust, trust my own self because when I have to trust God, Then if he says, no, I have to work with it. So what would you have to say to someone who is finding it difficult to trust God and also to trust God's plans for his life, her life?
1: Uh, For me, I find it easier to trust God than anybody else because he has proven himself as I read the stories of faith in the word of God. Especially the movie Ten Commandments really helped me. When I saw the movie Ten Commandments, even before I was a Christian, and uh, it's amazing how he does things for the people who uh, put their trust in him. And uh, I think it's again a gift from God that to be able to trust. Him. I cannot do it of myself, but it has always been that way. And uh, people think I'm foolish. <laughs> there was a time I went for a meal. I took my wife out for a meal because we had an appointment. And we wanted to celebrate the Indian Harvest Festival with a few of the Indians here. We cooked some food and we went to a restaurant. The restaurant allowed us to share our food. But still, of course, we had to pay for our meal. And my wife was really panicking. We don't have money to pay for the meal. How is it going to happen? I said, don't worry. God will take care of it. So as I went to the restaurant, People, I want to pay the money. There were two people standing in front of me. And they said, no, uncle, you're not paying. We are paying for you. So these two people, they shared the expense and they paid for army. And of course, people say, don't put your wife through this. I understand. Okay, because she is a different personality altogether. But that's the way I am. I'm foolish enough that I go forward with what the Lord wants me to do. And then he takes care of the rest because the foolishness of this world is wisdom to God and wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. So I would rather be foolish to the world.
0: There's nothing to counter that. The exciting part for me now is your transition because you were at Gujarat Flying Club and you made a decision. I would rather serve God, honor his Sabbath than to fly. But several years later, almost 45 years since you have started this journey, but several years later, after you said no flight school, struggling financially, you enter pastoral ministry. So how did that happen?
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, after some time being in Chennai, selling books and all that, I went back to Delhi. And then I went to church in Delhi. And there I met a young lady that I had been observing. And I realized there was a lot of young ladies, but this one was the right one for me. I didn't go for the outward beauty, but I wanted to see the character and the nature of the person. And I went to the union president in New Delhi and I told him, I like this girl and I would like to date her. He said, that's between you and her. I said, yes, but that's not my culture. I have to get the permission from an elder. And since her parents are not here, she's from Northeast India. So you are the president here and you are like a father. So I'm letting you know, and I like to date her. He said, sure, but you have to take her out because we don't allow the guys to come and date the girls here on the campus. I said, no, I'm not going to take her out. I want to meet her here. Because if I take her out, people will make stories and they will say, Where does she go? What does she do? What does he do with her? Okay, there'll be many stories and I do not want to create stories. And I want to meet her on campus and I want to get to know her and study with her and pray with her. Because I'm serious, I plan to get married. He said, well, exception, permission granted. So I was the only guy who was allowed to date a girl on the campus. And uh, we got married and my people refused to come for the wedding because they were not happy that I was marrying a Christian girl. They could hardly accept the idea that I'm a Christian, and now I'm going to marry a Christian girl. That means I will never be able to turn back. Then we got married, and on my wedding day, I had to walk out of my house, only with the clothes that I was wearing, because they refused to come for the wedding, and I didn't go back after that. I went and got married and this happened just 2 hours before the wedding took place so when i went to the church to get married people look at my face and they were wondering what kind of a wedding it's going to be because i had a long face and i was almost going to burst into tears any moment but as soon as i saw my bride march in i cheered up and then people had a sigh of relief okay now wedding will go okay and uh, after the wedding there was an american couple They came to our wedding. I had met them a year ago when they came to India. They used to like to come to India and find people who need sponsorship to go and study. So I had met them and uh, that time I had no chance of studying. I did not understand what is theology and whatever. But I was helping them to be a guide to them because they couldn't speak Indian languages. And I took them around. And when I was going to get married, we sent the card to them and we sent a letter. We told them, we know that you will not be able to come, but keep us in your prayers. And we were surprised. They sent a telegram. They said they are coming for the wedding. And Mrs. Summerton, they were Jim and Rose Summerton from Paradise, California. And uh, I still remember 1570 Elliot Road, Paradise, California. And she said, I'm coming. And I will make Jubi's veil by myself. So do not make the veil, please. I will make and I will dress her for the wedding. So they came and after the wedding was over, they went to visit my family because they had gone to visit my family the year ago. And now they had brought little souvenirs or gifts for them. So they came back and they went to visit my family without me because I was told not to come back home. And that time they brought me some clothes also from my home, a few of them. And uh, then uh, they asked me, now, since you don't want to go back home, and I didn't want to be in Delhi, because they will see me every now and then, then it will hurt their feelings. So I don't want to be an annoyance or a nuisance. So I said, okay. They say, you don't want to be here, so what do you want to do? I say, I'm not sure. Would you like to go to Andrews to study? Andrews University? I've never heard of it. I don't know. And say, okay, I will go, but what about my wife? They say, she can continue working here at the union office in New Delhi and you can go and study there. I say, no way. I'm not going to leave her because I have been observing her for more than a year now. I can trust her, but I cannot trust myself. If I go to America and then what will happen to me? No, I'm not leaving her a day. So they say, then you go on to go to Spicer College? Oh, okay. Spicer College, where is that? It's in India, yes. Okay, I will go there. And then my wife agreed to that. And then they said, what will you do? She said, don't worry, I'll find a job there as a student's wife. They will give you a job. And we went to Spicer College. And my wife got hired at the division office without applying. for. At the Southern Asia Division Office, she was hired as a secretary, full-time job. And uh, before she went to work, she told me that when you fill up the form, you fill here education, because you make a good teacher. I have seen you teach Sabbath school class. You'll make a good teacher. And then you have to go to this department, that department, that department. It'll take you two or three days to finish your registration. And when she came back in the evening, and she was surprised to see that I finished all my registration. And then I was excited and I told her, I filled up for theology. She said, oh God, you cheated me. What do you mean? I was shocked. What do you mean God cheated you? She said, I didn't want to marry a Punjabi, but you are a Punjabi, but a Christian. So I said, might be okay. Then I didn't want to marry a doctor. You are not a doctor. And I didn't want to marry a pastor. But out of the three, you are two, Punjabi and a pastor. And now that I'm doing Maker Hill seminar, people think I'm a doctor and everybody's calling me doctor. So this is how I became a pastor. I was hired to be the church pastor of the Bombay Church. Bombay English Church and from Bombay the day I prayed, God, take my life or take me out of here. Today, I do not want to work in this place because I didn't want to be involved in corruption. I don't want to be here. Take my life or take me out of here. You have only one choice. Do it, please. And whole day I walk around thinking I will meet an accident. God will answer my prayer and I will die. Because I saw no way that I could go anywhere else. So the only way was to die, but no accident took place the whole day. Disappointed, I came back home. My wife forced me to eat a meal. And as I was eating my dinner, I heard a knock at the door. Somebody said there was a call for you. So we told them to call half an hour later. Because those days, not everyone had the phones at home. One phone means the whole community used that phone. So I said, okay, so finish my meal and went and waited. And here there was a call from Bangkok. Hey, Aurora. Said, yes. Hey, this is John Perumal here. Okay. John, yes. We need a church pastor here in Bangkok. Will you come? I say, yes. So I said, when do you want me? He said, tomorrow. And I didn't even have my passport. So don't you pray like that. Because God is able to answer even your foolish prayers. And as a result, I came to Thailand. Okay. It was like from bad to worse. So. It has not been an easy journey here in Thailand either. But God has been faithful in spite of uh, what I went through, what I have to face. And now even my enemies are my friends. The people who made me cry, God used my shoulder. They were able to cry on my shoulder. That was my honor.
0: Praise the Lord. God does work in mysterious ways. And as you said, we ought to be careful of our prayers because God even answer our foolish prayers. And just for someone who might be listening, Pastor did say he started out in Bombay, but today we refer to that as Mumbai. So it's the same place in case you got lost somewhere there. Yeah, it's
1: Mumbai now.
0: Yes. Uh, There's one more question I would like to throw at you, Pastor. What is next for you? I know you have been toiling Long and hard throughout the years, you would have touched many lives, not only in India or in Thailand, but right across the world. But what is next? You know, there's a saying that says there is more work for the weary. Or another popular one says, no rest for the weary, but the righteous (laughs) doesn't need it. No
1: rest for the wicked and no respite for the righteous either. Pastor Maurice Wendon used to say that he has been my ideal You know, when I heard his story, his testimony, okay, and all what he went through, okay, even when they removed his credentials and all of that, and he was accused falsely. And many years later, it was proven that he was innocent. He had not committed any sin. He became my ideal. His story inspired me a lot. And that is what carried me through. And uh, one song has been, Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the loss of grief or pain. So that song, and then Master the Tempest is Raging. 6.77. I remember that old hymnal, you know, the numbers also. Many of the songs, I remember the numbers. And what songs they were. Wow. So Master the Tempest is Raging. That became my favorite song. And God has carried me through that journey. And he said, No rest for the wicked and no respite for the righteous either. So whichever way you are, either I fall on the rock or I fall on the hard ground, I get hurt. But I rather fall on rock Jesus Christ. So that has been my experience. And uh, God is amazing that I'm still still in the church. It's amazing. I had every reason to walk away. There were times when people were surprised. And one gentleman, he asked me when there was famine in Canaan and I went to look for bread in Egypt. Now, you understand the symbolism here. There was famine in Canaan and I went to look for bread in Egypt. One gentleman saw me and he said, Pastor, I heard that you still keep the Sabbath and you return your tithe to the church. I said, yes, but why not? If I was in your place, the way you were treated by the church leadership, I would never do that. I said, that is human beings. But that is not God. So my commitment is to God. So I have always been a supporter of the Seventh-day Adventist church with my tithes and offerings. But of course, for the last 20 years now, I have not been earning money. So I cannot. And uh, Sabbath-keeping, that's a lifelong commitment. Because I need sanctification. And it's a symbol, God says, that I will sanctify you. And it's a sign of creation. If God is my creator, he is my father. He is my heavenly father. He'll take care of my every need. So I keep the Sabbath and God takes care of everything else. And that doesn't mean that six days I don't do anything. I'm always busy for God. And uh, am I getting paid? Many people ask me, you're not getting paid. But doesn't the word of God say the laborer is worthy of his reward? Who said that? Does God forget that he said it in his word? And will he not provide me when I need it? So why should I work for money? I do not work for money, or I do not work for a job. I work because I have a work to do that Jesus did, and I want to continue that ministry. there was a time when I was to decide what shall I do, whether shall I go away. I have no job here and uh, nowhere to go. What shall I do? And I opened the Bible. And guess, it opened to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. What I discovered was, red flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. I am held in high repute for wisdom and honor. But my problem is I have been foolish so many times. And God knows and I know. And then the next one says, okay, Marlon, let me ask you, where is your heart, left or right?
0: Biologically, it's on the left.
1: (laughs) Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 2 says, A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Okay. This is symbolic, you know. It doesn't mean the physical location of the heart. But I discovered these things. And then here verse 4 says, If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place. For yielding pacifier, great offense. So I don't want to fight because I also read in the word of God, do not take believers to the court of the unbeliever. So I don't do that. Then what shall I do? When I turn to the word of God, he said, don't leave your place. Don't fight and don't leave your place. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun as an error which proceeded from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity and rich sit in a low place. Rich here means not financially rich, but rich towards God. Folly is set in great dignity and the rich sit in low place. I have seen servants upon the horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. Hey, come on. Even if I don't have a horse under me, I'm still a prince. I don't have to have a high position in the church or any position at all. I'm still a prince because my relationship is with the father. And that is what makes me the prince. And even if you have the horse under you, you are still a servant because you don't have a relationship with the father. So I have always considered that I have a relationship with the father. He is my heavenly father. I am his earthly child, but he is going to make me his heavenly child. Position or no position, horse or no horse, it does not matter to me. God has given me a ministry and I will continue to carry it on. Even when I was in Egypt looking for bread, I used to carry 100 books with me, Step to Christ. I took those 100 books to a country If I was discovered with those 100 books to Christ, they would have beheaded. But they did not discover. And the last book I gave to my driver who came to drop me at the airport. So everywhere I went, I carried 100 books with me, Steps to Christ, because I could fit them easily in my suitcase with my clothes and all. And the Lord has taken me to every continent, whether it's Africa or Europe, Australia, Asia except Americas, God has taken me to every continent and I went as a VIP, traveled business class, stayed in five-star hotels, and people knew me. I'm a vegetarian. In fact, in one place, in uh, Kuala Lumpur, I was eating a dinner and then I turned around to the other table. People were sitting there and they were talking and I recognized some of them. I have met them in Langkawi. And they say, yes, we know you in Langkawi because you ordered vegetarian food. You were sitting on the other table. So even in Kuala Lumpur, they knew that I'm a vegetarian. And then they asked me my background. And any business meeting that I had, in five minutes, people will ask me, what is your background? Like Peter, you know, thy speech betrayeth thee. So my language, my demeanor betrayed me. I could not hide myself that I could pretend to be a travel agent. No, I could not. People knew that here is somebody different. So I was pastoring people everywhere in the world. And now today through the Zoom ministry, Maker Heal seminar, the ministry is worldwide. It's not only in Thailand or India, but I'm reaching out to India and to the rest of the world.
0: Amen. So you will press on in faith. That's a very powerful testimony, a powerful story. My guest has been Pastor Virendra Aura. He's the presenter of the Maker Heals ministry or seminar. And he's also a founding member of BIVA, Bangkok International Vegetarian Alliance. Now, Pastor, just before we go, do you have any parting words to share with our listeners?
1: The words that God has given to us, the message he has given to us, especially the three angels' message. Be very specific, the third angel's message of righteousness by faith. The things are happening soon. More than 100 years ago, Mrs. Ellen G. White said that angels of God are walking to and fro, up and down, going up to heaven, coming down to the earth. They are very busy preparing for some event. And what other event can it be except the return of Lord Jesus Christ in the clouds of glory to take us to our eternal home that we will share in his glory? And because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. If such preparations are taking place in heaven, how busy ought we to be in cooperating with God and preparing ourselves? and preparing a people to go to our eternal home. My friends, do not take it lightly. Every moment of your life is precious. And let the Lord use you, let him guide you, let him direct you, and you will be a blessing to someone every day of your life. Your influence counts. Whatever you do, your influence counts either for good or for bad. And angels take note of that. And when your influence is for God, angels are there to impress upon the minds of people around you. So better let God have his influence through you on the people around you than to allow Satan to use you. And God bless you as you walk with him. The way you ask me, what do you want to do in the future? My answer is, walk with him. I only want to walk with God.
0: Thank you, Pastor Aurora. You've been in tune to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Loud Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way Facebook page, click like, and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walters saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.